Today is July 27th, 2022. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan, and it has been one year since starting this podcast. Last July, I gave you guys a preview of Jermel Charlo versus Brian Castaño the first time for Undisputed. It was the first episode, and time really flies. Thank you guys for tuning in for one year. Um, Some of you are newer to the show. Some of you remember episode one. I am just happy to continue to give you guys quality boxing coverage without a narrative, without um, ESPN or any other network backing me and really trying to shift my opinion. I'm giving you that raw, if you will, like Monday nights. I'm giving you guys what I truly feel. There's no agenda. Um, I try not to be biased, but you guys know who my favorite fighters are. That is what this sport needs, and that is what sports in general needs. Um, This podcast has, as you know, mostly centered around boxing. I do have a football episode for the preview of last season. I plan on doing that again this year. I do have some wrestling content out there for those of you into that. But the basis of this podcast has always been and will continue to be about the sport of boxing. I want to continue to spread awareness and will spread awareness for the people who may not be watching every week, who may not know what fights are coming up. I want to cater to them, but I also want to get in the weeds. I also want to really break down the nuances in these fighters and different style tactics and different attributes that each guy has for the hardcore fan as well. I want to get it all around the board. Hopefully, I'm doing a good job. So far, it seems like uh, the audience is growing. It's a slow and steady growth. This podcast has been listened to in seven different countries. That's something I didn't even consider when I started this podcast. Boxing is such a worldwide sport that the possibilities are really endless. So thank you to my listeners from all over the world. Thank you to the guys in the UK who I consider the best fans of boxing in the world. The UK fans really come out for their fighters no matter what. They're always packing their arenas. They're always behind their countrymen. I love the UK fan base. Maybe don't I don't love the UK fighters as much, but I do love the UK fan base. You guys are the best. Fans in Australia listening, Canada, Saudi Arabia, Russia, the Philippines, and of course, here in the United States. Thank you guys very much. Continue to support this podcast, and I promise you, it'll only get better from here on out. Now, this episode isn't going to be anything like any other episode. Usually, I make these the week of the fight. Um, I think there's been a time where I've made them a week and a half, maybe, before the fight. This being the one-year anniversary, I wanted it to be something big. Right now, we do have a good fight coming up. Danny Garcia is fighting. He's returning. I will have a separate episode previewing that fight, previewing his matchup, jumping up from the welterweight division to the super welterweight from 147 to 154. I will break that down. But no disrespect to Danny Garcia or Jose Benavidez. That isn't the marquee matchup that I wanted to do for an anniversary episode. So if I had it up to me, I would be previewing Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford, a fight that I believe will take place later this year, hopefully in November, but it isn't official yet. And I don't want to waste time and energy and your time on a fight that isn't official, may not happen. We hope it happens. We think it's going to happen, but it still isn't official. So I don't want to 
um, base the anniversary episode on Spence Crawford. But when that comes, I am going to dive deep into it as I am here today. This episode is about a fight that doesn't take place until September. But it's also the biggest fight that is currently on the schedule. It is also a fight that contains two of the most well-known fighters in the sport of boxing. I'm talking about the trilogy between Canelo Alvarez and Triple G Gennady Golovkin. This fight is taking place September 17th, and I'm here to dive deep into the weeds here. If you're not a diehard boxing fan, or if you're not a big fan of Canelo or Triple G, this episode may not be for you. I'm going to be honest. This is going to be my breakdown from the first fight till now. Buckle up, get yourself a refreshment. We're going to be here for a little bit. I'm going to start where this rivalry initially took place. The first fight. Canelo Alvarez and Triple G meeting up at the 160-pound division, a fight that was anticipated for years before it happened. Um, Canelo was asked about the fight many times. Triple G was asked about the fight many times. For whatever reason, they couldn't make it happen. Canelo was looking to go a different route, slowly make his way up to middleweight, which is crazy because this guy has fought at 175 now. So it's hard to picture him not being um, comfortable going to 160 at one point. But that is what happened. So Danny Garcia, I mean, excuse me, Danny Jacobs was the first real big fight for Triple G. Because in the meantime, Canelo, I believe he fought Cotto first. Yeah, he fought Cotto in 2015. And then that's when the talks for Triple G started, around 2015. So he didn't fight um, Triple G in 2016. He ended up fighting Amir Khan. Then he fought Liam Smith. Then he fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And that is the. it was after that fight where I believe Triple G came out to the ring and they announced it right there in the ring. Canelo Alvarez versus Triple G for September of 2017. So this fight was asked about in about 2015. Waited a couple years, did Canelo. But when they finally made it happen, it was worth it. Triple G came off the close victory, hard fought fight against Danny Jacobs. Um, he had destroyed Kel Brook before that. That was a time where Triple G was looking for a big fight. Couldn't find anything in his division. Kel Brook wanted a big fight. He had just come off the victory over Sean Porter. So he was willing to jump up weight classes to fight Triple G in a huge fight. And Triple G ended up breaking the eye socket of Kel Brook. So this is prime Golovkin. He fights Kel Brook. Then he fights Danny Jacobs. And he's ready for Canelo. First fight. Many people were outraged by the decision. It was a draw. There was one scorecard that was ridiculous. Adelaide Bird, I don't know what she was seeing. She scored eight rounds to four for Canelo. Ridiculous. But don't let that take away from the fact that this was, this was an amazing fight. The first fight, this is how I scored it. I recently rewatched it, scored it, made some notes here, so bear with me. The first round, from what I saw, Canelo was moving way more than I recall him ever moving and not really throwing early. Triple G chasing him around slowly, methodically, using his jab. Easy round for Triple G, although Canelo tried to steal the last minute of that first round. So I had Triple G up. Second round, 
was close. I gave it to Canelo. He was more active this round, landing better counter punches. Nothing huge by either guy, though, but I definitely thought Canelo won that one. Round three, good uppercut by Canelo, good left hook by Triple G. Canelo seemed a little more accurate. It was a Canelo round for me. Triple G looked more comfortable towards the end of the round. Going into round four, Triple G carried that momentum, had a big round, had Canelo against the ropes multiple times, landing big straight rights in the middle of the ring. Canelo seemingly rested against the ropes. He didn't really throw much. He was content with just sitting on the ropes, going around the ring, each different rope he was kind of resting on. Round five, another Triple G round. It was more of the same as the last round. Triple G was putting Canelo against the ropes again several times. Triple G landed a huge right hand while Canelo's back was to the ropes. Canelo took it extremely well, though. Small mouse under Canelo's right eye began to develop. In between rounds, Canelo's trainer urged him, Eddie Reynoso urges to him, please stay off the ropes. Tells him that in the fifth round. So in round six, Canelo is against the ropes again early. Canelo fights off the ropes successfully and lands a big right hook that pushes Triple G back. Triple G gets Canelo against the ropes again at the end of the round. It was a really close round, but I gave a slight edge to Canelo. Very tactical round, high-level stuff there. In round seven, Canelo's backing up more than the last round. He got caught on the rope several times. Triple G was controlling the ring with the jab. Triple G was cutting off the ring really good and pinning Canelo into the corner, landing jabs really at will and landed a good hook, a good right hook. Canelo, very selective with his counters, trying to land one big bomb. He seemed tired. Not enough volume from Canelo there. That was a clear Triple G round. This brings us to round eight. Another round I gave for Triple G. Canelo's against the ropes again. It's actually mind-blowing at this point. Considering his trainer told him to stay off the ropes after round five. He told him, you have to stay off the ropes. Here we are in round eight. This guy's on the ropes again. But Canelo landed some great counter left hooks in the center of the ring. But he continued to get pushed all around. Canelo was just pushing him back, pushing him from one side of the ring to the other with his jab and mental pressure, really just being in Canelo's face, making him move more than he needed to. Triple G was making Canelo fight and move around for three entire minutes, and it was just too much volume again by Triple G. Round nine, a fight breaks out in the middle of a boxing match. Canelo starts fast with combinations, landing some really good hooks. Triple G fires back with a huge right uppercut that seemed to hurt Canelo. Triple G pushes Canelo to the ropes, which is really the story of the fight at this point. Canelo drops um, a good, does a good job, excuse me. Canelo does a good job firing back, but can't really get Triple G off of him. Triple G looks like he's going for the stoppage here. Canelo's pinned against the ropes, and Triple G's landing big right hands. But Canelo, again, taking them very well, but he slowly stops firing back. The, the punishment, or the shots rather, landing from, from Triple G made Canelo a little tentative in that round. Triple G doesn't seem phased after Canelo landed the biggest right hand of the fight. So mind you, Triple G is landing. Big shots, jab, jab, hook against the rope. Canelo fired off the biggest right hand of the fight. And it just didn't stop Triple G at all. He continued to move forward, 
didn't seem phased, but it was just excellent stuff. Both guys were landing big shots. This got to be in the conversation for the best round of their rivalry. Canelo landed some great shots, but simply not enough to win the round. Triple G was relentless. Round 10, Reynoso tells Canelo, we need three rounds of a lifetime. That is what the trainer says to Canelo going into round 10. Canelo begins letting his hands go, dominating the first minute in the center of the ring, trading in the pocket. Canelo seemingly tired in the second half of the round. He slowed down drastically. He begins holding Triple G and gets his hands, um, gets him against the ropes, actually. It's a good close round. Canelo took the first minute, Triple G the final two. So I'd give him a slight edge, but Canelo did some really good work in that round. I'd call that a swing round. That's a round I could really say can go either way. Round 11. Canelo's on his back foot, Triple G jabbing, Canelo landing some decent counters to the body. That's something that Triple G didn't do enough of. But uh, Canelo lands some good body shots, has him against the ropes. Triple G lands a big uppercut. Canelo lands some nice hooks. Good round. Triple G's more active. The jab, to me, was the huge difference in the round. I got to give that round to, to Triple G. Round 12. Canelo comes out firing, landing much better shots, really taking it to Triple G here. A brawl begins, back and forth exchanges. Canelo seems to double Triple G and big shots landed. Excellent round from Canelo. Closed the fight really strong. With that said, that scoring, I had it 116-112. Eight rounds to four for Gennady Golovkin. One swing round I could see, which was, I believe, the 10th. And uh, I could see it 7-5 at best. So if you gave that swing round... To Canelo, that's fine. You have it 7-5 for Triple G. It was a great fight, but Triple G was the clear winner. I mean, I don't want to... You could bash the decision all you want, and rightfully so, but don't forget, this was an excellent fight. Canelo fought his ass off at times in this fight, too. Just didn't do enough to win, in my opinion. I earlier said a judge had eight rounds to four for Canelo. I'm sorry. It was much worse than that. A judge had it ten rounds to two. For Canelo, that is why there was such an outrage for this decision. If you had it 7-5 for Triple G, like I said, that's perfectly acceptable. 10-2 for Canelo is outrageous. And like Jim Lampley on the telecast says, that is fiction. That did not take place. Completely fake. This fight was in September. The rematch was then quickly scheduled for May of the following year, 2018. This didn't get to take place because Canelo Alvarez tested positive for clenbuterol, postponing the fight until the following September. So one year after the first fight, the second fight finally takes place. The first fight during the buildup was a lot of respect back and forth. The rematch was completely different. After the robbery, Triple G was definitely bitter. And after the positive test by Canelo, Triple G felt that Canelo was a cheater, and he couldn't trust anything that he said after that. Didn't like him, didn't look at him the same a year later. Let me just say, if you're watching this fight, because both fights, I believe, are available on YouTube in their entirety, let me just say the commentary on the HBO telecast for the rematch was horrible. And I love Roy Jones. Max Kellerman is always solid. Jim Lampley is a Hall of Famer. But this was a bad night. I would actually recommend muting the commentary for the rematch. I just felt 
the broadcasters were really fired up and kind of let their feelings into the commentary, which I don't agree with. I don't like when guys are too biased on a commentary. You're really just there to call the fight, obviously be entertaining with it. But it felt to me like they were just picking sides, which I don't really want to hear when I'm trying to watch a fight. And remember, fights are scored with your eyes, not your ears. You're not just listening to what someone else is is calling. They may be missing something that your eyes are telling you is completely different. But anyway, into the fight. This is the rematch here. Round 13, really. But round one of the second fight, Canelo Alvarez starts on the attack, pressing forward, a lot different than the first fight. He's looking to counter with a big shot. Triple G is the one on his back foot, jabbing at will, but still backing up. Canelo completely coming forward. Canelo had to reset after each jab landed, so I gave that round to Triple G. Round two, very tactical to begin until Canelo lands a huge left hook upstairs. And that, to me, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I feel the left hook is Canelo's best punch. Lands a big one here in the second round. Triple G still jabbing, um, but Canelo's unloading with power combinations. A nice uppercut lands. It's a huge round for Canelo. Landed big to the body as well. Triple G landed a nice left hook, but that was definitely a Canelo round. Round three. Close round. Triple G's jab seemed to be the difference. Canelo walking forward every time, walking into a jab. Again, having to reset after the jab lands. But Canelo much more aggressive in his body language. Just coming forward, not really worried about what Triple G's throwing. Good round, but I gave it to Triple G. Round four. Big uppercut by Triple G lands. Canelo is working the body. Another thing that Triple G was not doing enough was going to the body. Canelo did a great job in the round four going to Triple G's body. Triple G responded, though, with a rare body shot of his own. Canelo landed a good combination. Triple G's jab, though, again, is the difference. It's just so fluid, nonstop, and you know, coming from at that time, the best jab in the sport. So when people say, oh, just a jab, no. It's not just a jab. It's a stiff triple G jab. There's a difference. A jab is the most important punch in boxing. Take that into consideration and then realize you have the best jabber in boxing at that time landing a nice power jab at will. That was the difference in the round. It was so accurate and so active. Triple G fighting excellent off his back foot. Canelo doing a good job making him work, though. Keep coming forward with that mental pressure, making Triple G fire the jab. But it was a good round for Triple G. Round five, Canelo has a bloody eye from Triple G's jab. Canelo lands a big overhand right. Close round, Canelo's body shots to me were the difference. Triple G slowed down a little bit. Canelo round for me. Round six, good round from both guys, standing and trading. This is already seeming like a better fight than the first one at this at this sixth round point of the fight. Canelo, more active this round than the last, really fought for all three minutes, which is a rare thing for Canelo to do. Gave him credit, hell of a round for Canelo. Round seven, that's a triple G round. They fought really close. They smothered each other's power shots. Not many clean shots landed, but what was clean was triple G's jab, landing at will right up the middle every time. Round 8, both guys exchange uppercuts early. Back and forth action until Canelo lands two consecutive rights to the head. Canelo's bleeding a little bit. Close round, but Canelo was landing the bigger shots. 
That's a Canelo round. Round nine. Triple G is getting the better of Canelo. Starts to open that cut. Land some big left hooks. That was a good round for Triple G. Round 10. Huge hooks by Triple G. Canelo seemed hurt. Canelo standing his ground, though, in the center of the ring. Refuses to back up like he's been doing the whole fight. Comes forward after a slight pause in offense, but it was a clear Triple G round. Round 11. Canelo's trainer asks him if if he's hurt before that round from the huge shots Triple G landed in the 10th. Reynoso uh, asks Canelo if he's hurt. Canelo responds, no. (laughs) Clear no. Uh, Razor close round in the 11th. Neither guy separating themselves too much. I preferred Canelo's right hands down the stretch. I gave that round to Canelo. Round 12. Triple G opens the round with a huge right hand, followed by two jabs right in Canelo's face. Big uppercuts land from both guys. Triple G is landing the, the jab frequently. Canelo's countering one shot at a time, but Triple G's landing combinations. I gave that round to Triple G. This round, this fight was much closer than the first fight. This is a fight that I could see being a draw. This fight really deserved the draw. I had Triple G winning seven rounds to five, but that's a close round. You swing it the other way, it's an even fight. Great fight. Better fight than the first one. Both guys were bloody. It was a is definitely a better fight. So many close rounds. The difference was Canelo's willingness to exchange. Canelo wasn't on his back foot, and Canelo wasn't on the ropes. Triple G finished this fight much stronger than the first, but Canelo was stronger throughout the fight than he was in the first fight. He fought in spurts in the first fight, and this time he fought much more, uh, much higher percentage of each round. He wasn't really taking rounds off, and he didn't lay against the ropes at all. Total different style of fight. It was a classic. I could see it a draw. One judge had it a draw. Two judges had it like I had it. 115-113, but they had it for Canelo. Seven rounds to five. Nothing wrong with those scorecards. Great fight, and um, it really takes us to where we are now. He rightfully believes that he won both fights. He clearly won the first one, and the second one could have been a draw. No judge besides Adelaide Bird in the first fight who had it a ridiculous 10 rounds to two. No judge in these two fights has had it anything worse than 7-5. Two guys had it a draw. One person had it outrageous, and the other people had it 7-5 either way. This is a great rivalry, and it's going to culminate this September. Is it too late? Yes. Is it a money grab? Yes. Is it a fight that may be a little past its expiration date? I mean, maybe. Remember, when this fight originally took place in 2017, it was already something we waited a couple years for. Now, we're five years removed from the second fight. And these guys' careers have gone much different directions. Triple G has fought Dervinchenko. That was really the only high-quality opponent he's fought since then. Canelo, on the other hand, has had eight fights since then to Triple G's four. His record is 7-1. Triple G's record is 4-0. On Canelo's record, I'd say five of them were quality. Triple G, two were quality. Two were guys that had no hope. So it's really different. Canelo's been fighting much more 
um, frequently and against better competition. Canelo is coming off a loss, though. That is something to think of. Um, Triple G struggled in a couple of fights. He fought the Dervinchenko fight. I'm going to run that run through that one really quick, if you bear with me here. Triple G versus Dervinchenko. This is a fight that I was at. This was at Madison Square Garden. So I want to break this one down because I rewatched it. I scored it again. I was in the building. I thought Triple G edged it. A lot of people thought Dervinchenko won the fight. It was a close fight. Let me run through how I had it. I'm not going to go as in-depth as the other rounds, but I will get it get through it. The first round, there was a knockdown. Triple G knocks Dervinchenko down. Second round, Dervinchenko's bloodied. Third round, Dervinchenko picks it up here. Triple G's hit often to the body. He's pushed back at the beginning and the end of the round. Dervinchenko's using angles while Triple G was against the ropes. Chenko rocked, gets rocked in the final minute. Triple G landed two or three big shots, but not enough to win the round. Very close, but I thought Dervinchenko comes back in the fight in the third. Fourth round, huge Chenko round, big body shots. He was working during the dead time. When Triple G was trying to relax, Dervinchenko was the one throwing. Fifth round, Triple G was badly hurt from a body combination set off by a left hook. The referee actually may have saved Triple G from going down at one point towards the end of the round. Sixth round was close as hell. Pretty even. Triple G starts strong. Dervinchenko's doing the most work, but Chenko edged it. I could see it a swing around. Triple G was showing urgency, though, so I gave that round to Dervinchenko, but Triple G was definitely in that round. Number seven, round seven, Triple G was still urgent, but much more active this time. Strong round for Triple G, responding to the adversity. That's the key here. We never had to see Triple G come back from being really hurt. This fight showed that he could. He knew he needs these rounds. Chanko is still going for it, but he's getting hit much more. He looked hurt at two points early. The doctor actually checks on him. The eighth round is a good round. Triple G had Dervinchenko pinned against the ropes, unloading left hooks early. Dervinchenko pushed Triple G back to the center of the ring where he was met with a peppering jab while also landing some body shots. Triple G landed some good body shots too, but that was a Chanko round. Triple G opens up the ninth round huge with a left uppercut. Dervinchenko's getting the better in the center of the ring with combinations to the body and finishing upstairs. This was a really good round. Triple G wins that round. Number 10, Triple G closed the round with a huge bomb against the ropes, rocking Dervinchenko. This was an amazing round. Dervinchenko had Triple G rocked early. Then a war broke out. Both men were biting down, but Triple G got the better of it towards the end of the round. Definitely saved him in that round. Number 11, Triple G's landing a looping right hand, controlling the jab, 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 jab. Round 12, Banks, the trainer of Triple G, tells him he needs everything. Triple G comes out, lands a short left hook as Chanko comes forward. Both guys are tired. Dervinchenko smothering. Uh, Triple G's actually smothering Dervinchenko's shots on the inside. Great strategy by Triple G. Dervinchenko's eye was damn near shut by the end. I gave it to Triple G. My final score was 114-113 for Triple G. Great fight. Six rounds apiece. 
but Triple G had the knockdown. That gives him the one-point victory. Excellent fight. The knockdown, the knockdown was the difference. Triple G showed me something he hadn't shown previously. He was visibly hurt. He was behind. He was tired. And he was allegedly sick. All of this taking place at once. He dug down deep. And he pulled out a victory, winning the 12th round when it was up for grabs. He went toe-to-toe until the final bell. Dervinchenko never looked the same again after that fight. He took eight months away from the sport. Didn't even go to the gym for eight months after that fight. He was badly, badly hurt. He looked hurt, and the eight months off proved this guy was not the same. He fought a hell of a fight. But he took some serious punishment in the process that probably changed his career. That's the facts because he did not look anywhere near this level when he stepped in with Charlo. Triple G took a lot out of Dervinchenko. Even if you think Dervinchenko won that fight, you cannot argue. You would rather be Triple G than Dervinchenko after those 12 rounds. Triple G took a lot of time off after that. Recently, Fought Murata. Early on in that fight, Triple G looked decent. He had good movement. He established a jab. He set up an uppercut. Murata was more aggressive uh, early on. I thought Triple G picked up the pace later in the fight. Around After like round six, it was over. Triple G was in cruise control, really punishing Murata. And then ended up getting the stoppage um, in the ninth round. Murata tried trading, but it was just too much too much power. And Murata was really too tough for his own good trying to trade when he was hurt. And Triple G put him out. That's what Triple G does. He's relentless. He hits hard. Is he the same fighter? I don't think so. But he's still a very tough fighter. And then you have Canelo, on the other hand, who became undisputed at 168. Fought a really close fight with Caleb Plant and ended up stopping him. Late when it mattered. Ended up breaking Billy Joe Saunders' eye in a fight that Billy Joe Saunders was in until that punch. He destroyed Caleb Smith, who was big for nothing. Canelo punished him from round 1 to round 12. And then he fought Bivol. He jumped up to 175 for the second time and was really outclassed by Bivol. Too much skill, maybe too much power as well. So that brings Canelo, after his first loss since Floyd Mayweather, back to 168 where he holds all the belts and he's putting them all up for grabs against Triple G at 168. Triple G has never fought at this weight class before. He is moving up. Will that be a factor? That's something we have to think about. Will the age be a factor? Canelo is fighting a man who is now in his 40s. Triple G has slowed down. Canelo before his last fight, looked at his peak. So it's an interesting matchup. I don't see a way that this fight isn't going to be entertaining. We could talk about how it's too late and this and that. Styles make fights. Also, being familiar with your opponent makes fights. I can't help but think about Juan Manuel Marquez versus Manny Pacquiao. They had a similar rivalry where judges determined an outcome that the public and the fighter didn't agree with so strongly that they ended up having animosity towards their opponent. 
Marquez and Pacquiao's first fight ended in a draw. The second fight, many thought Marquez won. It was awarded to Pacquiao. The third fight, again, very close. I personally thought Marquez won that fight as well. Marquez thought he won and became bitter, was frustrated with the decision, was was annoyed, was, felt like everything was against him. That led to a fourth fight, and we all know how that ended. Marquez ends up knocking Manny Pacquiao out cold in a classic and really felt like he got what he deserved after all these years. He finally came out on top. Part of that is what I think about in this fight. Triple G and Canel. First fight was a draw. Second fight, many thought Triple G won. But Canelo got the decision. And Triple G feels wrong, especially after the positive test and things like that. He feels wrong. He's bitter. He wants to beat Canelo more than anything in this world. So is there a possibility that Triple G gets the knockout against Canelo? It's unlikely, but it is a possibility. I remember everyone thought Marquez was going to get washed in that fight. He didn't. Things happen. You know a guy. You're familiar with a guy. You know his tendencies. You have a better chance of producing an action fight, and that's what I think we're going to get. I expect Canelo Alvarez to win. I don't expect him to knock Triple G out. People say they think they're gonna. it's going to be an easy knockout for Canelo. I don't see that because Triple G has one thing that gives Canelo problems, and that is an outstanding jab. Is it as top tier as it was five years ago? No, it is not, but it is still a, an above average, very stiff jab, and I think that's enough to give Canelo issues. Another thing, people say that Canelo is going to get stopped. What makes you think that? Where has Triple G ever even been down? I can't remember a time he's been down. Was he hurt against Dervinchenko? Yes, we talked about that earlier. But he fought through it. That is better to me when you can get hurt and fight through it than a guy that say, hey, we don't know what's going to happen when he gets hurt. We've never seen it. No, we've seen Triple G hurt, but we saw him fight through it. I've never seen him down. I've never seen him quit. So I don't know where people think, oh, Canelo's just going to knock him out easy. Can he knock him out? Absolutely. These are two... Heavy-handed punchers. Two of the most powerful punchers in their era. There's going to be fireworks. I expect both guys to get rocked in this fight. It's the third fight. They've gone 24 rounds previously. And they produced two great fights. I don't see how this one isn't going to be great. It's also going to be interesting to see what the scorecards are if it's close. I mean, these guys need a definitive victory Either way, I don't want to see it close where a guy gets robbed again or something like that. Like We need something that's not controversial. Let's look at what the second fight, and if you, don't, if you think I'm just being biased, because again, I'm known for not being a Canelo fan. Admittedly, I'm not a fan of Canelo, but I'm calling it like I see it. I'm not trying to be biased at all. I'm judging with my eyes, and if you don't want to take my word for it, let's look at what the media had. And we know that Canelo is loved by the media. People won't even ask him certain questions in fear of losing an interview. So they really walk on eggshells with Canelo. But this is what the press had. Let me pull it up real quick. Out of 51 members of the media that were covering Canelo versus Triple G2. 51 people covered it. 34 
scored it for Triple G. Two scored it for Canelo. And 15 had it a draw. Again, let me repeat that. 51 people covered Canelo versus Triple G. 51 known, respected members of the media. 34 scored it for Triple G. 2 scored it for Canelo. 15 scored it a draw. None of them mattered. The only judges that mattered were the three at ringside. They scored it a draw and 7-5 for Canelo. I have no problem with that scorecard. Like I said, very close fight. I'm just... Stating facts here. This is what the public had. You heard mine. I had 7-5 for Golovkin. We'll see what happens in this third fight. Out of the 24 rounds these two men have fought, Triple G has outlanded Canelo in 18 out of the 24 rounds. Four of those rounds, Canelo Alvarez outlanded Triple G. And then two of the rounds, they each landed the same amount. CompuBox is not how you score fights. It is a great tool to use to kind of tell you the story of a fight, but it does not prove an outcome of a fight. Not all punches are created equally. You have to see the fight to, to really score it. You can't just read numbers. This isn't a box score. You have to watch the sport. You have to watch the fights. I'm just releasing this information. I'm not trying to persuade you in any way. Go back and watch the fight. Score it yourself. Or score both of them. And I know it did it for me. Maybe I'm sure it'll do it for you as well. If you watch both of these fights back to back. Or at least in the same week. You are going to be fired up for the trilogy. I wasn't really looking forward to it. After watching both fights back to back. Scoring them. Recording this podcast on it. I am all in. I can't wait to watch the fight. I think it's going to be awesome. I don't see how it's not going to be entertaining. Um, We can complain about it all we want. We're going to get a good fight. If these guys, before their first fight, if they said, hey, we're going to fight three times in the next five years, I think everyone would say, okay, I'll take that. That sounds cool to me. But we're going to get it. My final prediction is going to be Canelo by split decision. I think it's going to be another close one. I think Canelo, the size, um, well, the weight is going to be a factor. I think he's going to feel much more comfortable at his weight. I think Golovkin will also benefit as well from adding the weight. He's not going to have to cut. He's 40 years old. He shouldn't be cutting too much weight anyway. I think the extra eight pounds will actually benefit him. Triple G isn't someone that relies on speed, so I'm not worried about him losing speed. He's more of a timing guy. Use that jab. I think the keys to victory for Triple G, he has to. One thing I noticed about going back and watching these two fights, he didn't go to the body. He has to go to the body a lot more frequently and a lot earlier. And that could open up some counters for Canelo, but I think that's a risk Triple G has to take. You have to make a guy who has known stamina issues does Canelo. You have to hit a guy like that to the body early. Test him. Make him work more than he's used to. 
That worked in Bivol's favor. That worked for Triple G in the previous fights. I think that's something that he needs to do in this fight. Be active as you were in the, in the first two, but go to the body a little bit more, whether it's the jab or the right hook to the body. Either one, you need to make a concerted effort into going to, to Canelo's body. And as far as Canelo's keys to victory, I you want to stay in the pocket. You don't want to exert too much energy. You definitely want to stay off the ropes like you did in the second fight. And again, like like I said about Triple G, go to the body for Canelo even more than the first time. We saw Dervinchenko hurt Triple G to the body. Canelo hits harder than Dervinchenko. I expect big body shots by Canelo, who's one of the best body punchers, <clears throat> one of the best body punchers in the sport. So expect that to be on the table for Canelo. Expect fireworks. I don't care how old Triple G is. There's going to be fireworks. Canelo has a lot left, a lot more left in the tank. He pulls out the victory in a good trilogy. Also on that card, we have one of the best young fighters in the sport returning on a pretty quick turnaround for a guy who just fought last month. Bam Rodriguez is back in action and he is on the card. He's actually in the co-main against Israel Gonzalez. That's a good matchup. Israel Gonzalez is a tough test. Um, Bam Rodriguez is coming off two huge victories this year, just outclassing Sariskit Sorongvisai. So you really got to pay attention to this kid. If you haven't been watching him, he's a young champion, youngest champion in the sport, and he's going for his third fight this year. He's a must-see guy. He, he can do it all. His movement is top-notch. His footwork is one of the best in the game today. Great right hand. Great jab. He really does it all. Like I could sit here and list his thing. He does everything well. Watch Bam Rodriguez in action. He's on the co-main. Also fighting is Ammo Williams, another prospect you want to keep your eye on. And then another fight they just got added is Akhmadov versus Gabe Rosado. Gabe Rosado, the gatekeeper of the sport. One of my favorites. He's always in a good, fun fight. If you can't beat him, you go back to the to the drawing board. He is the test man. You get by him, then you can get something big. But Gabe Rosado always shows up, always comes to fight. He's going to give Akhmadov a good fight. Either way, I don't see that one disappointing. It's a good card overall. This fight will deliver. Uh, we can hate on it all we want, but it's coming. And we're all going to be watching. So definitely tune in. September 17th on DAZN pay-per-view. DAZN going the pay-per-view route. Yes, they said they were going to kill pay-per-view. That didn't happen. They're actually on pay-per-view. But it is what it is. Tune in. You know you're going to watch it. Triple G, Canelo for all the belts at 168. And a reminder, as I make this, it is July 27th. This fight doesn't take place till September. So maybe I'll do an updated version later on but this is just something celebrate one year i wanted to do something big canelo triple g it doesn't get much bigger than that thank you guys for supporting the podcast tune in i will have a danny garcia episode posted in the next couple of days so be on the lookout for that be on the lookout for a football preview be on the lookout for a pro wrestling edition a lot more to come in year two and we're just getting started thank you guys i'm out